0: He's perfect. For that. Like I know he's for that. All right. So I don't know um, if you have a funniest uh, pre-dinner prayer. I can't say that I really, I can't really think of a funny pre-dinner prayer really that I've heard. But I was sharing. Uh, with John I think probably one that sticks out that was probably like the simplest shortest to the point prayer I've ever heard is I was over somebody's house I don't remember whose it was and we were there and uh, they all get to the table okay are we ready uh, to say grace they get to the table they uh, close, uh, bow their heads close their eyes grace done into the food. that was it that was it so I mean I guess it's kind of funny it was certainly the shortest and right to the point I don't remember who it was um, but pretty interesting anyways There you go, right? Simple and to the point. So, um, and that has a little bit to do, well, a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. A lot to do with what we're going to talk about today.
1: Um, The title,
0: hopefully uh, it will come up soon. Um, The title of this morning, Ask, Seek, and Knock, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. Um, I shouldn't tell you what the page number is, we have the blue Bibles and the white Bibles, but... I guess I'm not that good. I don't remember. So I guess if you get there you could you could yell it out and maybe help somebody if they need help. Uh, page which which color, white or blue? Mm-hmm. Blue. Blue, page 685. And then the nine. white, what do we got? Page nine. Page nine. You guys are good. See that like in Sunday school, you know, growing up they call them sword wars, right? Because these are our like swords. And so sword opens up first, and know, you do sword wars, and then if they got it first you get a prize, so I guess I owe you a prize. I'll give you a cheese it downstairs, how'd that sound? Uh, so. Um, so we'll get there in a minute, um, but let me start off by telling you um, a little uh, experience uh, that I had probably, I don't know, six, seven years, probably more like seven years ago uh, with a coworker, all centering around the topic we're going to talk about today, which I believe, I really do wholeheartedly believe, um, this is one of the most important, if not the most important, I guess it's debatable, but one of the most important spiritual disciplines slash practices, but yet, I firmly believe, and I, we'll get into more later, one of the most neglected spiritual disciplines and practices. Um, we're going to be talking about that today. So this story that I'm going to uh, tell you that I'll share with you, happened about seven years ago with some co-workers. Um, at the point in time, I was almost finished with college. I went to a college in New Britain at Central Connecticut State uh I was a uh, math major and physics minor. That was like the dumbest thing ever that I could have chose to do. It was so difficult. Uh, I barely made it. Like, barely made it. I lived in the office hours. I knew my professors were sick of me when they saw me coming, and they rolled their eyes and slammed the door. Uh, now, they never slammed the door on me, but they certainly rolled their eyes a lot. Here comes Jared again. Um, but I was up there, and as I was uh, about uh, to finish up, I had a job up there, a couple different jobs. But one of my jobs... Uh, I was working um, in an after-school after program in New Britain, because Sandra Connecticut stays in New Britain, a uh, little bit of an in inner-city type town. And it was a good experience because I enjoyed being around the kids. It opened doors for me to coach and do other things uh, for basketball, and so it was a lot of fun. Um, and I had some, some pretty good coworkers there. And so, um, of course, at work, I'm trying to just like be aware of the situation, how God might use me, because there certainly are a lot of needs. Especially in those kids with their families and their backgrounds, and not even just there, God would also has some place to use me among the people I work with, right? My, my you know, co-workers. So, you know, you try and be like wherever you are, and try and see maybe where there's an open door, and what you can talk about, what you can bring up, and, you know, because the perfect times are when, you know, you feel like God is just sensing and leading you, and you just kind of jump into there, into that moment, and then you you know, see where God might bring it. And so that's, you know, what we're called to do as Christians. That's part of being light and, you know, representing Christ in the world. It requires some skill and requires wisdom and guidance by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I was going out to dinner with some co-workers and uh, we're out to dinner at, uh, on the border. Yeah, on the border. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I, I like the platter that has like everything I like the burrito on there, I like the enchiladas on there I like the tacos on there, the empanadas It's all good stuff So anyway, so we're there uh, for, We're getting dinner And I'm not quite sure how the conversation conversation Made its twists and turns But I know going into it, I was just praying a lot I was like, Lord, you know, just speak through me um, It's a good chance for us, you know, to come hang out uh, Talk, we get along really well You know, I certainly don't want to offend them And you want know, to close doors But, you know, God, you just work it out and so somehow the conversation took a turn, um, where we were talking about, I don't even know, something, just really stressful things in life, I, I guess, is maybe what we were talking about, I don't really remember, and for some reason, I had a chance to like just share about you know what I do and how I approach some stressful situations, and I forget exactly what it was, but basically what I was just sharing with and talking about um, was... How when those things come up, you know, for me, I have a God who I can go to and I can talk to, and I believe that He hears me, and I believe that He answers those prayers when I'm talking to Him. And um, I think I gave them a a couple examples of how at church like I thought that happened, and how, you know, sometimes on myself when I think it happens, and they're just sitting there, you know, uh, listening. Um, And, you know, you kind of see that their interest was kind of peaked a little bit. And they kind of, when I'm done talking about it, they're like, you know, one of them said, I was with uh, uh, two coworkers, and one of them said, you know, that's a really great thing that you have that. She said, that's really great therapy for you. And I was like, ah, oh, like, no, you're not really getting what I'm saying, but I didn't really quite know how to follow that one up, and so I was like, it's not really therapy. And she's like, no, it's good. Like, people need to have that sort of meditation thing and, you know, be able to get to a place where it can help them, where they can calm down and reflect on life. And, you know, they need that. That's important. And I was like, oh, no. Like, and then, you know, you get to that point where sometimes you've been in that situation where you're like, oh, man, I'm just not prepared for, like, how to answer this one and how to go next from here. Um, and so, I don't even remember where it went after that, but I just... I take away that feeling of, ah, I did a bad job, like, making that one setting down one straight. So I have a chance to talk a little bit about it now, right? And do a little bit of a better job. Um, so is there a difference, you know, between prayer and meditation? Is it the same thing? If they are different, what is different? Um, how important is prayer? Uh, so we're going to look at a bunch of that stuff today. What did Jesus have to say about it? <coughs> Um, But we're going to start off with that same question that she asked because I think it's pretty relevant in 2012 where it's like, you know, getting by yourself and meditating and just like, you know, breathing in and breathing out your problems and, you know, trying to find that place. I remember watching an interview with Michael Jordan and when he first came to the Chicago Bulls, uh, he said one of his uh, first meetings with Phil Jackson, who ended up coaching him, They come into the locker room, and Phil Jackson cut all the lights. So it's pitch black in there. You have all these, like, basketball guys in there, you know? And my like, like, looking around, like, what the heck is going on? But Phil Jackson, not a Christian, he's like a Zen Buddhist kind of guy. So he was very much like, we need to, as a team, get together and just, like, you know, soak in the peace and just be there and settle down. And so what is that all about? How does it fit in the prayer? Does it fit in the prayer? What's going on? Well, I would partially agree with my co-workers in them saying that meditation is good for you. That there is some profit to it. I would agree to that. But I would disagree that that and prayer in and of itself the same thing. Uh, this past week, uh, I'm sure you were reading, uh, I was reading too, Psychology Today, you probably read that. So, I was checking that out today. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm kind of intrigued and interested about how, like, our faith and what we believe and then, like, how we think mentally and kind of how that relates to our bodies. And I don't know, there's something intriguing about that to me. So, sometimes I read these kind of things, which I'm sure you do, too. Um, so, they did a study in 2003. Um, and it says that, I'll just highlight certain parts, it says that meditators shift their brain activity to different areas of the cortex, different areas of the brain. They actually shift their brain activity. When you meditate, you shift what's going on somehow to different parts of your cortex, of the brain. And so it says this mental shift decreases as the negative effects of stress, mild... Uh, yeah, effects of stress, mild depression, and anxiety. And it says that there is also less activity in the amygdala, which I'm sure you know about that part, right? where the part that processes fear. So basically what happens is stuff shifts around, and it uh, as that shift happens, it actually decreases those negative things, that stress and depression and anxiety, what, what that causes. So there is some value certainly to meditation. And so here's what this doctor did. Um, says that this uh, doctor recorded the brainwaves of stressed out employees of a high-tech firm in Madison, Wisconsin. The subjects were split randomly into two groups, Twenty-five people were asked to learn meditation over eight weeks. And the remaining 16 were left alone as a control group. So it says all participants had their brain waves scanned three times during the study. At the beginning of the experiment, when the meditation lessons were completed, uh, eight weeks later, and then four months after that. So they did it in the beginning while they're doing it, and then like four months later to see what the effect was. And they also had like their control group, the people that weren't meditating. Says the researchers found that the meditator showed a pronounced shift in activity to the left <coughs> frontal lobe. I don't know where that is, but it's important. Says, in other words, they were calmer and happier than before. And then they have the whole study kind of based on that. So I think certainly, you know, biologically, you know, physically, there certainly is um, some value uh, to prayer, but I certainly don't think it's the same thing as meditation. Definitely not. Um, prayer is much different. Um, and it's something that we certainly all need, right? All of us need, I need, a tremendous amount. You need a tremendous amount. Nobody is above that. Um, even little Johnny needs, like, a lot of prayer. Did you hear about little Johnny? Well, little Johnny, his mom was sick with the flu, very sick. And... Um, he wanted to uh, have the pastor come and pray for his mom because she was really sick. So he contacts the pastor and he says, um, "Hey, um, my mom is really sick. Could you please come to the house, you know, and pray with her?" So pastor, uh, gets the pastor gets the piece of mail and he's like, "Oh, he's like, well, that's interesting. I, I know that kid. I know his family. I know where they go to church." He sends a letter back. He goes, "Hey, listen. Why don't you go to your pastor first, you know, and ask, and you know, have your pastor come out there and pray?" And then the, uh, little Johnny sends a letter back, and he says, well, um, that's true. And he said, but, you know, I'm contacting you because um, we don't know how serious my mom's illness is, and we just wanted to see if you are going to catch it first. <laughs> right? <laughs> a little bit of manipulation of prayer, right? Um, not really in the right way. But... <laughs> As talking about pastors, something very interesting, which I think that you should know as far as being pastor-related stuff. Um, there was a conference about two years ago, a bunch of pastors got together. A bunch of well-known, like, you know, good pastors. Guys like John Piper, Francis Chan, like, well-known guys. Um, and they basically, they got together and talked about prayer and prayer life in their own lives. Uh, and they did it before, um, it was almost like a Q&A type thing before an audience. And uh, just kind of digging deep and seeing what the prayer life was like in a pastor's life. And so I just wanted just to show you a couple of excerpts from it, because it's pretty interesting stuff. And you'll see what's actually going on with sort of, you know, not just regular, sort of everyday pastors, I guess if we sort of put a title on it, but like well-known guys that have been around that are in it, and that would, we would say is certainly quote-unquote successful. Um says Francis Chan uh, was speaking about how God was, you know, hearing and answering prayers and how he would, you know, go to God and pray. Um, it says, but the talk proved to be discouraging to some pastors, one pastor of whom confessed that during his 20 years in ministry, there wasn't a specific answered prayer that he could point to. 20 years. 20 years. Another quote. It says, it's caused me to struggle in my ministry and in leading people because I don't feel like even though I do it that I can see the specific intervening of the hand of God that's right? so another pastor who struggles with it because it's just like I can't point to specific things and I just don't feel right even you know, talking about this another pastor um, submitted if you abide in me and my word abides in you ask what you will and it will be done and, that, and he's quoting the verse there the Bible and he says you know what this never happens in my ministry. It doesn't happen at all. Another pastor said, it, I took a difficult church, prayed that God would help me, and the church split three months later. So let's just not involve God and just make things easy, right? No, no, no. And then here's uh, Francis Chant. He says that when he kind of comes into prayer time, he says, hey, You know what? I look deeply at myself. I say, What's my motivation? Is it selfish? I look at my own personal holiness, at my own faith, is there any doubt? He kind of evaluates himself you know, before he goes into his prayer time, which I think is things that we should do, but you know, we have a hard time with it. And another pastor goes, he says, you know what? God knows, or sorry, Francis Chan says this in response to people that say, well, you know what? Why pray? Because God knows it's going to happen anyways. You know, So Francis Chan goes, you know, God knows you're going to pray or not. Uh, if they happen, the prayers, they were in the plan to design, to unleash a hundred magnificent things. If they don't happen, those things don't get unleashed. He goes, you know what? It's not really philosophically that hard. Right? That's really what happens. And for him, he shared a personal story about how, you know, his daughter, he prayed really just had a heart for his daughter. He said, Lord, just help her to be a father of you. Protect her. Uh, help me to guide her. Right? Help me to parent her Right? Uh, That's just something that was just near and dear to his heart. And his daughter, uh, I don't know if you say she left the faith, but certainly was not where he thought she was going to be for three to four months. Not really even that long, you know. Torn him up on the inside. And thank God, you know, she ended up coming back. You know, but the rough part to that story is, you know, his mom died of Buddhist, And he says it crushes him, you know, because he fasted and I prayed over her and it's just... That's crushing, you know? So what do you do with that? Where was God on that? How does that work? So, the last topic that came up, which was also very interesting, um, was that the part of this Q&A had to do with pastors praying with their wives. And almost all of them had to, commit, or had to admit that, you know what, it's not a daily routine thing that we consistently do with our lives. And as I read that, I'm convicted. Because that's something that, you know, me and Julie try to do on a regular basis, where it's like something we join in together. Um, in fact, just this week, I was sharing with her about kind of where, what I'd like it to look like and how we can get there and what we can do, because it's extremely important. Not just for us individually, right, because it doesn't take the place of that, but individually and then also us as a married couple. And, uh, you know, even Francis and you know, said it's not as regular, you know, as it should be. You know, so it's like, this stuff is for all of us. It's for all of us, and, and we all kind of struggle with this. But like I said in the beginning, arguably, the most important spiritual discipline and practice question is water. So that's what we're going to look at today. And so, if you fall asleep the rest of this, it's not going to go super long, but if you fall asleep the rest of this, you don't hear anything else, I just want to make sure that you get this part right here they'll come up. Maybe you can click it for me. Here's the part I don't want to miss. And this is like what I was praying over this week, and this is what I just feel like, this is where we're headed. This is the dominant idea and theme that we just can't let go of. Why is it arguably the most important spiritual discipline? What makes it so important? Why is it such a struggle? Because prayer is where we get to see and experience the power of God. Everybody say, See? See, Everybody say experience. Experience. Everybody say power. Power. Right, we get to see, experience, power. And I don't think we really, really enter into that unless prayer is at that cornerstone and in the place where it needs to be. Super important, extremely critical. That is where we get to see, where we get to watch God work, and have these eyes to see what's actually going on around us, not tack it up to just circumstance and coincidence, and just, oh, that's kind of cool how that worked out, but to see that, that God was at work there, see all the little parts, to actually experience it in our own lives, where we actually have victory over things, where we actually have peace, we have greater uh, patience in our lives, love towards other people, <coughs> And that power of God that we can just actually refer back to with their stories in our lives. We don't have to, you know, read and live off of the stories of other people. But we can just say, man, this is what God is doing in my life. And here how He's doing, and here's how He has done it. And if prayer is something that we do, you know, never, this is going to be a very convicting message for sure. But if it's something that even we do fairly regularly... I would say the follow-up to that question is, like, when was the last time, you know, we were really committed to it. So that's what we talk about today. So, I think we are on page, in the Blue Bibles, 685? Yes. And the White Bibles was... Nine. Something? Nine. Page nine? Is it really? Oh, yes, it's the New Testament. Alright, so here we go. So, Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses 7... So here's what Jesus has to say regarding prayer. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So let's pray real quickly together. Um, God, I just ask, Lord, that you would help us to see uh, prayer and communication with you the same way as you see it. I mean, that's really the goal. And God, whatever might be uh, fighting that or distracting that, God, pray that you just give us the ability to put that on the back shelf, to remove that, and help us just to focus on you. And so this morning we place it in your hands, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, so I guess after reading that passage, you know, whatever we ask for, we get. Man, I guess that's just kind of the way this whole Christian thing goes, right? Ask Him to give them to you. Seek you'll find. knocking, the door will be open to you. And so I guess whatever we ask for, we get. So He's like the little genie. You know, you rub the little Bible lamp. He pops on out and you say, Hey, I really like this. I really like that. And, you know, if you do it hard enough, then you get it. I don't know. Um, little Timmy tried this. You know, Little Giant did some stuff before. Little Timmy tried this. Um, little Timmy really wanted a hundred dollars. That's what he wanted. He wanted $100. And so, because he wanted $100, uh, he wanted to write a letter to God. So He's going to write a letter to God and say, God, $100. So he wrote his letter, addressed it to God, put it in the mail. Postal Service got the mail. They said, "How are we going to get this letter to God. So, they say, well, let's send it to the President. That was their idea. So they sent it to the President of the United States. The president gets the letter. Looks at the letter. And he says, wow, this little kid really wants $100. And he's asking God, he's like, well, here's five bucks. He actually put five bucks in there. He's like, well, he's a little kid, you know, five bucks probably means a lot to him. So he sends it back to five bucks. Kid gets a letter. He's very happy that he got some money back. And God answered his letter. So he writes back to God. He says, dear God, thank you so much for reading and answering my letter. He said, "But I'm not sure why you sent it back through Washington D.C. because as you sent it back, they took $95 out for taxes." (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's my one jab at the government. I'm not gonna do any more. This is like my one thing. So is that the way it goes? If we want $100, right? If we want that house, if we want certainly uh, that car, you know, if we want to whatever it is. Do we just really ask Him for it, you know and go through the steps? Well, I certainly do not think so. And here's why: not because, oh man, you really can't see that. Not because it's my opinion, but because I think that's what the Bible says. And so we'll see if I can, maybe I can read it to you a little bit. This is James four. If you want to look at it later during the week, this is James four and John fifteen. And basically, in James four, if we can see, it, it says you do not. Have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you ask with the wrong motives. Because you know when you get it, you're going to spend it on yourself. I'm paraphrasing what's up there because you can't really see it. If you'd like to read it during the week, that's James 4, verses 2 through 3. So do we just ask for whatever we want? Not exactly, because the important part that matters is our motives, and why we're asking, and what we might do if we actually got it. And luckily for us, God knows exactly what our motives would be and what we would actually do with it. Which leads to an interesting question, you know, would He give us stuff, you know, that wouldn't be good for us? I don't know, I guess that's a talk for another time. But, something to think about for sure. So that's what James 4 says. But how about John 15, verses 7-9? Here's what it says. It says, if you remain in me, and my word, whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, right, not to my, not to my own selfish desires, but to my Father's glory so that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's the point. So if you're like in right relationship, if I'm in right relationship with God and His Word is abiding in me and that's what it's focused and centered around, Let's start asking in His name for those things, because He will be faithful to that, and He will answer that prayer. Does that mean it'll come out exactly the way we envisioned it being answered? Maybe, maybe not. Don't know. But we, that's the way to approach prayer, focused and centered around what's actually in here. And if we're foggy at best as far as what's in here, it's really hard to pray accurately. Extremely difficult. So that's what Jesus says. If you have your words in me and you're asking according to my name, yes, it's gonna be done for you. And I can certainly, you know, as far as in my own life, you know, seen it come true um multiple times. Uh I, just as far as providing, um uh guiding, just equipping me, uh Peace of mind. I, I mean, there's just countless times I can tell you this. Geez, you know, with this church plant, <laughs> I have never been in more prayer in my life. Never been in more prayer in my life, and uh, and and literally just like wrestling with God and just yeah. You know, it might seem like I just come in here. I'm just really happy. I just really love it. It's just a lot of fun, you know. It's just you know light, easy going, like. That's not what it looks like at like 1 in the morning at my house and I'm by myself in the room. Like That's not what that looks like. It, 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 it's a battle. It is an absolute battle. And so, you know, a lot of times too, that's it, not what it looks like, you know. And me and my wife, you know, and it's straining in our marriage. We're trying to balance it the right way. This stuff, this is tough stuff. And then, you know, we don't have that prayer element right at the cornerstone there. Uh, and when I ask you according to His Word... It's going to be tough, but I can tell you, those battles, those challenges, um, when respond when we have responded in, in, in the right way and in the correct way, there's just been a flood of blessings. I mean, it really, really has been, it really has been. So the question is, if that's what God is asking, what are some of the barriers? Hopefully we can see it. Maybe we won't be able to. What are some of the barriers that come up? Do we got the barrier? There you go. Oh, on. Okay. Before we get there, I don't want to jump things here. Okay, so why is God asking us for this? So why does he want us to really to pray? And why does he ask us to do this? Think about it, like why What God ask us to do this? I mean he knows what he's gonna do anyway. He's God. He's gonna do work, he is at work. I mean, why is he asking us to pray, to talk with him? And how much does it really change if we don't? Interesting question. I'd like to ask him that in heaven when I get there someday. Like, you know, what if like I was more faithful in this area regarding this certain thing that happened there? Like, how would that have turned out? Just out of curiosity, you know? Um, what happens? Why does he do this? Well, in Luke 18, another one you can read later this week, he tells us that. Um, the parable of the persistent widow. And the idea behind that is we have to constantly be doing it because that's how the door for Him to work in our lives becomes open. Right? If we're not really praying in context, this is where meditation and prayer life are radically different. Meditation here is all about, is all about me relaxing, uh, focusing on myself <coughs> on my life and breathing in and breathing out, breathing in, You know, the good stuff, reading out the problems, blah, blah, blah. And you know, here, right, it's all about God, His will, His glory, His works. Totally and radically different. And I never get to that side over there if I'm just like focused over here on my stuff and I, I just never enter it because the door for Him to actually do work and see, experience that power is only opened If we're actually in prayer in communication with him. It's the only way that happens because he's not gonna violate our free will. He's certainly not gonna do it. He values our choices. There are instances in the Bible where it seems like, geez, you know, maybe he was a little aggressive, like knocking a guy off a horse, that's kind of aggressive, or you know, got a burning bush, and it's like, geez, could they really say no in that case? I don't know. But I'm gonna trust like by faith that they had a choice. But we do know that prayer is like literally the floodgates like for heaven like to come down. And if we engage in prayer and that communication is there, we are saying, God, I give you permission to bring your kingdom here on earth, bring your kingdom here in my life, please do it. Meditation like, is not about that at all. So that's the point of Luke 18, the persistent widow. He's saying, continue to do it, don't stop. And that's why he's saying here, ask, seek, and knock. It's a process. It's an action. Asking, seeking, knocking. And so now we can go to some of the barriers and hopefully that will come up. But what are some of the barriers? Eventually I'll get it up there. Some of the barriers that we struggle with, certainly, like how we manage our time, like we get distracted very easily. So that's certainly one of the barriers is Time slash distractions, right? Uh, we don't really have the time because we're so distracted. Um, doubt certainly plays a part in it. If I'm kind of doubting it, and I don't really believe God's really going to show up and do it anyways, how much am I going to really involve myself into that prayer? I'm like just going to say it, just to say that I said it. I, you know, it's, you got to pray with some faith attached to it. And that's biblical as well. As Jesus said, it's pray and try and do it without doubting. He understands that doubt is a normal process. And it's a part of us because we are human. But we shouldn't let that control how we're going to respond to what God might be trying to do. And here's, I think, is a big one. Um, Instant gratification can also be a barrier. Not having the patience to see it through. Just be like, oh man, you know, I've been like praying about this stuff for like three days now, you know, and nothing has happened. That was serious three days. I even gave up breakfast, you know, and I don't understand. Right, that's not it, you know, it's, it's tough for us in our instant gratification lifestyle. It makes it difficult for our prayer life. We had a video clip that I was going to show today, but obviously we cannot show. It's very it's very interesting, you know, I'm going to tell you really quickly about it. The video clip was actually so cool too, and I was like, you know, only on a Sunday morning does their stuff not work. It works every other day. I'm not kidding. As soon as I show up and I plug stuff in, it's like, what is going on? It's just, it's unreal. So on the video, on the video, um, it's pretty cool. A church made this video and uh, they had a bunch of people dress up like they're in armies so they have like fatigues on they got like um, coloring on their faces you know and they're like they're, they're this army okay so uh, you see on the screen you see these army of people and there's like one guy who's sort of like the general I guess but these guys are really like quote unquote um, demons of, of like the devil and so they're outside plotting they're like okay we're going to go in there and they're outside of a church we're going to go in there and you know we're going to attack them we're going to harass them we're going to make it difficult and so then they get in the church and they're like, and this is the funny part. They're like, okay, let's start with the soundboard. I kid you not. They're like, We're going to the soundboard. And, and then one of the little army demons is like, yeah, hey, I'm going to mess up. Uh, sometimes he even gets the pastor to swear. You yeah. Know? yeah, mess up his microphone. Make sure the music doesn't play. I kid you not. That is in there. So. That stuff is in there, and then they're like, "Yeah, you know, let's get the women, like, you know, to engage the guys and, and start talking about each other, and we'll disguise it as they really want to learn about each other, so they can pray better for them, But we're just going to gossip about it, you know. And there's like all these different things in the video, and then what happens is, and it's really kind of uh, uh, cheesy sort of graphics, so it just makes it kind of cool, I think. It uh, kind of starts shaking, or like whoa, so they start shaking, and then it pans out to this, like, little old lady, right, who's, there's this little old lady, and she's, like, uh, in her room, just praying. She, she uh, doesn't have a Bible. She's just she's praying like this. And then it pans back to them, and they're shaking. And then you see her praying, um, and she's like, you know, uh, bless the pastor, please bless the church. And she names off a couple of people, and they start shaking, you know, and then, uh, what happens is somehow they, like, leave out of the scene, and then it closes with the little lady, you know, getting up and coming out And so it's just a great video of just, you know, what's going on. Because that is the reality. Pictured in a funny way, but it's the reality. And it's not... That hurts the instant gratification thing. It's not my opinion. In Daniel 10, it says the same thing. It talks about Daniel, where he was there, uh, where he was in Babylon. He had a horrible, you know, vision, revelation that his people... His nation were going to be overcome and overtaken. And it was so bad that he like stopped really eating. Uh, he didn't fast completely, but stopped a lot of uh, lotions and stuff that he would use on himself. He stopped eating choice meats and different days and he engaged in prayer. And what happened is, three weeks. Three days, like
1: three weeks.
0: And then there's other guys that did 40 days. I mean, it's, it's committed to it. But he did that for three weeks, didn't stop. And then, it says that he's down by the river with some people that he's with, and they don't even see this, maybe they're overwhelmed, so I don't know how that works, it's kind of crazy how God does stuff. But they're down there, he sees this angel, comes down, he says, listen, I heard you, we had your words come up to us in heaven the first day you started praying. He said, but it took me 21 days. It took me 21 days because I was getting held up by the Prince of Persia. In other words, aka the devil, his demons, there's a battle, there's a fight going on. How does that happen? What does that look like? What do you mean when we pray, it could take a while because they're wrestling or something? Like, what is going on? I don't know. But something is. I don't know. It doesn't really give us play-by-play detail, but something is. And then if we're looking for, like, instant gratification, what? No. Like, that's not about... God is at work and He's doing something. He certainly is. And sometimes days, weeks, years, but we got to at least open those floodgates and just sometimes just praying on convictions because we might not even see what might be happening. And I'm sure you know, I've heard people, people that are just consistent and committed to what they know they had to pray for. Hand-to-hand combat. They knew they had to do it somehow God brought an answer to that particular person or situation I mean there's tons of them God is certainly at work so that's some of the barriers so the question is how do we pray so it's successful in other words, using the terms we use today how do we pray so we can actually see and experience the power of God how do we do that does the posture matter? Like, should I be standing? Should I be sitting? Should I, like, be wearing a robe? You know, should I not? Or, you know, like, the surroundings? Should the TV be going? Should the computer be on? Should the music be going? Should it be not? You know? Um, what words should I use? I remember in the clip we showed before of, like, the super pastor on the microphone? And then we had the guy that was like, Lord, just help me in my marriage. And they panned over to their guy, and he's like, Heavenly God, please help this man and his spouse. And it's just like this ridiculous nonsense, but right to those words matter. The question is, how should we pray? nice part is, Jesus helped us with that part. And we already talked about that part. If you go back in your Bibles, I'm not going to stay there long, but if you go back and you look, Look at chapter 6, verse 8. Look at chapter 6, verse 8. You can just start verse 9, actually. Chapter 6, verse 9. Here's what Jesus says. He goes, this then is how you should pray. He gives us the model. But it doesn't mean we have to do it 400 times the rest of our life all the time when we called called time to pray. But here's the model. Our Father, we're in heaven. Hallowed be your name. We start with praising and glorifying you. That's like how prayer should be starting. Putting God in His place, putting us in our place. Your kingdom come, your will be done. There goes the door starting to open. And now we're saying, God, come on in and do your work. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. There's a petition, we're asking God for something. Provide for us. Look out for my kids. Help me today. Oh my gosh, I hate going to this job. Please help me have the right attitude and look at these people the right way. Oh my gosh, I'm just really struggling right now. This is really difficult. I don't know how to handle this. Those petitions should be there. shouldn't be your entire prayer. These other things should be in there as well. Forgive us our debts. Let's see the perspective of ourselves. So then we don't be like the piece of, you know, telephone pole in our eye and focusing on somebody else's sawdust in theirs. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Right? That model of prayer has everything for us. Where we recognize His sovereignty. Where we ask for His provision and His will. Where we ask for His protection. Where we forgive other people. I mean, there are certain elements that need to be there. Will every prayer be like that, that we offer up? No, probably not. But for the most part, those things should like be there. Those are, those are essential items. Like bacon is essential. Bacon is awesome! Plus, anything is great! Right? But, these are essential things. They have to be in there. I mean, at some point, like, our prayers should consist of that. So if our prayers are just like, God, I need to have this, you need to work this out, that needs to be done, this thing is blah, 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 and then you have your 50 item list, it's like, really? Whose kingdom are you really looking for? I mean, come on. Right? And only you can be honest with yourself, and only I can be honest with myself, and be like, wow, Kingdom. i looking for. So there's really only one question left. Only one question left. Um, right at the very end. Yes. Do you want to see and experience the power of God in your life? Do I want to see and experience the power of God in my life? Think of maybe some people. You know, would probably say yes. Some people might say no. But I'm curious why the people that would say no might say no. They might realize that it takes some courage. And they might realize what it actually takes to take prayer seriously like Jesus talked about. Because maybe some of those notes would be like, you know what? I don't really know if I really want just His will and His kingdom to be done in my life. So Maybe I don't want to pray that. I can almost respect an answer like that. I don't disagree. I don't agree with you. But at least I can respect that. At least they know what it takes. you got to be careful. It's all of yes, I do want that experience. I do want to see it. I want to see the power. Yes! Well, I mean, it's going to cost. And, and, and it's going to take some work. It certainly is. And so Jesus is just saying in that passage there, Ask, seek, knock, don't stop. Have the focus be on me. And honestly, keep praying until in your heart you got some peace about it. Or it was answered in some way. I'm reading a book right now, and I highly recommend it. Um, uh, by uh, it's a it's kind of like, it's kind of a mix. It's an autobiography and biography. It's kind of like has his own pieces in there, and then somebody kind of wrote about it. But about George Mueller, there's a lot of books about George Mueller. But this guy, if you want to read about a guy who's like a man of prayer? Man, I'm just like I'm just I don't know what's and God's just been speaking to me on this stuff because the past like two books I've read have been like just prayer focused and then a book by Andrew Murray. Like these guys are just men of prayer and um, and George Mueller is kind of a cool guy. He chronicles and details everything. He's like, okay, May 14th, 1846, I ask God for $10. And then like he will keep a logged entry every day until like it actually came about and how it came about. And the people God used So if you're a general person, it's like Wow. And if you're not a junior person, you're like, geez, I'm really jealous. I wish I did that and I had all that stuff out there. But you really, but those like, you know, those kind of lives and things like that, you know, we don't see it on TV, you don't really hear it on the radio, you don't see that stuff. And so it's just like, you know, you gotta go home early and get prayer time, like, you know, I'm gonna show off the game right now and go pray. And like that's what these rock solid guys did. I mean, sometimes yeah, it comes down to that. So the question is, do we want to, are we ready? Um, So maybe we could close, maybe in one song. If that's... Maybe not, no, we won't. No, we won't. Okay, so we'll close in prayer. So maybe we can stand and close in prayer. So God... But we certainly um, desire to have you work in our lives. We want you to protect our children. We want you to better our marriages. We want you to save our family members. We want to make wise investments. We want you to take care of our money. We want you to help us to be better friends. And we, all, we want it to be in such a way where it brings glory and honor to you, and there's also power behind it. And God, the only way for that to happen is for us to actually open that door to you, regular, consistent basis, and just putting our lives right before you. And there's so many other distractions and things that just get caught up and get in the way, and a lot of them being legitimate. But God, we just gotta make a way. Just gotta make a way. There's plenty of excuses. And so I pray, Lord, that for me and for my brothers and sisters, certainly, um, that you would give us the strength and the courage uh, to make a way. And I also want to take this time uh, to just repent, even of myself, and maybe other people need to as well, and just confess to you that you know what? Have been putting you off, have been putting you on the back burner. And need to put you in the right place. Asking, seeking, knocking, just persevering, even when we might not see any results. So God, help us to be known as prayerful Christians. Lord. Help us to take the steps that we need to take. And so God, I just pray uh, this week, Lord, that each of us um, would spend that quality time with you. Lord, eliminating all distractions, seriously get before you, Lord. Recognize who you are. Pour our lives and hearts out to you, God, and just see where you're going to work. And so God, we thank you for this morning. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so of course, we've got refreshments downstairs. Those things that Sal's talking about for the VBS are outside. The yellow sheet has prices and everything. If you're interested, um, otherwise uh, we will be downstairs.